Daily Drive is brought to you by eBay Motors. Auto dealers, are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. I'm Jamie Butters, Chief Content Officer at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Thursday, July 1st, 2021. Economist, real estate expert, DJ, our guest today is none other than Jonathan Smoke. As Chief Economist at Cox Automotive, the vast collection of businesses including DealerTrack, KBB, and Mannheim, he has a broad view on the economy laced with industry-specific data and insights. He also runs the Dealer Sentiment Survey that's published each quarter in Automotive News. With U.S. sales results coming in today, tomorrow, and next week, <clears throat> except for Tesla, <clears throat> I thought this was a great time to talk with Jonathan about what he expects the coming quarters to bring. We talked about the connections between the residential real estate market, where houses have been selling almost instantly for above asking price, and an auto industry that is generating record profits on top of record profits. We also flipped through the playlist he put together to describe the state of the industry, a block of old-time rock and roll that Bob Seger could endorse. People are traveling again, demand is strong, and the outlook is bright. The soundtrack of the industry is upbeat, triumphant even. I reached Jonathan Smoke at his office in Atlanta. Jonathan Smoke, welcome to Daily Drive. Well, hi, Jamie. It's good to be with you. Good to have you here. Of course, we got to talk about, uh, you know, the auto industry, auto sales, they're coming in today and tomorrow and some not until next week. So instead of getting bogged down in the June numbers or second quarter numbers, let's try to really take this uh, forward and uh, discuss the whole year. Um, and as we, as I think about this year, of course, we've had this incredible uh, imbalance between supply and demand in the auto industry uh, with you know more dealers charging full sticker price or even uh, markups above MSRP, and the only other thing like it in the normal consumerish world seems to be, you know, houses where people were making offers, cash offers for th- tens of thousands of dollars above asking price and getting turned down and outbid. And of course, you have uh, expertise in that. Before you came to the auto industry four years ago, you. Uh, studied the real estate market, and I'm just really interested to get your thoughts on some of the connections and some of the parallels between what we've seen in these two superheated markets. Yes, uh, there are a lot of connections, and there's definitely a lot of parallels. You know, you could you could sort of take the words out of any individual news story about record prices record low inventory, extremely strong demand, uh, and and you wouldn't know if it's the automotive market or the housing market they're describing. The economic fundamentals are so similar. Yes. And in many ways, um, uh, it's the same consumers. um, And it's reflect. And in fact, the two feed off of each other. Um, What what I learned spending more than 20 years in the housing market uh, before auto is that uh, the auto market definitely follows what is happening in the housing market. Um, so clearly when construction is booming, for example, 
we sell more pickup trucks um, because the vast majority of the contractors and even uh, builders are uh, pickup truck buyers. And in fact, they're more likely to be retail buyers than fleet buyers. So when construction is doing well, like it has been, um, then that, that helps the vehicle market. But then we also find a connection that consumers tend to buy a new vehicle uh, after having moved and bought a new house. Um, and I think some of that has to do with the way uh, that you qualify for a mortgage. And people are very careful about opening new lines of credit. So they may be postponing doing things on the vehicle side until they get into that home. But then you also have, well, typically when you're buying a house that you're you're going through a life change. And that life change might mean more people in the family. So marriages uh, and births, it could also mean less people in the family, like uh, divorces. Uh, it, it can also mean you're moving to entirely different locations. So your commuting situation is changing, or maybe even it was a job change that led to it. And we definitely have a lot of differing patterns in where people are living and how they're commuting or not commuting and thinking about living in the future world. Um, you know, of a, of a more hybrid work environment. And I believe net net that has been extremely favorable uh, to the vehicle market. And I don't see that uh, slowing down anytime soon. They both have been so hot. Uh, so, uh, so many consumers looking to <laughs> borrow or spend some money, a little bit of both, a lot of both. You've mentioned recently that kind of the the, maybe the worst of the frenzy in the auto industry has passed. Does it seem like both markets are kind of past their 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 most frenzied state? Yes, I think that we have reached the point that we are closing the chapter on the most extreme frenzied period, uh, which I think was its ultimate um, apex in the spring of 2021. Um, and some of that has to do with with um, all of the factors that that fueled demand, some of it being pent up, some of it being record low interest rates, uh, some of it being um, just this movement of people that in the housing market had actually been subdued uh, for many years uh, until we started uh, com coming out of the lockdown period at, uh, in the pandemic la last year. And I do think looking at across a myriad of data points in both the housing and the auto market, uh, we are past the frenzy period. Um, I can get very specific in the vehicle market. And I, I think the complete peak of the, of the frenzied uh, period this spring was between weeks 13 and weeks 21. So basically mid to end March uh, through most of May. Uh, was when we saw the absolute most stimulated demand relative to, ironically, uh, the tightest supply situation that we've ever, ever experienced, too. Um, but that does not mean that I'm seeing a big drop-off in demand um, in, in either the housing market or the auto market. And again, it's why I feel like these trends are going to be very supportive of actually growth in the vehicle market as we think of it more in annual terms. Um, but we are in for a slowing summer. Uh, and a lot of it is supply driven because we're not quite yet to the bottom of the inventory challenges in the new vehicle market specifically. But it's also related to the self-regulating mechanism um, that pricing uh, has on on goods. And so it's it's classic economics 101. 
if if both housing and uh, auto are seeing record prices, then by definition, we should be seeing that impact demand and take a little bit out of the fren- frenzy away from the equation. And I think that's precisely what we're working through right now. Yeah, some of those some of those prices have to finally be scaring some people off and make them uh, reconsider for a, for another day. Or they simply can't get it to work or quite literally they can't. <laughs> we're going to get into music later. They can't always get what they want, you know. <laughs> well, that's a perfect transition. Let's uh Let's turn to because as we're reviewing your career on this podcast, uh, not only did you spend uh, decades covering the housing market, you also have been a DJ. Yes, uh, but but not concerts. making much income on that DJ side. <laughs> That's uh, yes, probably a better hobby than a than a career. Uh, we're glad you're an economist, uh, but you do often include in your economic uh, uh, presentations uh, a playlist of uh, some songs that that evoke. Uh, the current state of the economy. Now, you you usually are very cutting edge. It's very modern stuff, usually things I, I haven't even heard of. So I was anticipating, you know, looking at my release radar, I'd be maybe I'd catch a, a Jax Jones or a Katy Perry, you know, electric <laughs> song uh, for this market. But you went uh, you went old school. You went uh, classic rock and roll. I did. Well, I got overwhelmingly positive uh, feedback when I did old school in the first quarter. Um, and then also, frankly, I was struggling. I do like to, to pick brand new songs. And, and my shtick there is that because when when people hear it on the radio, you know, weeks or months later or they hear it in stadiums at, you know, sporting events or or if they're out in the club, I want them to think of me. Um, but, uh, you know, with the exception of one song, there's a song by a band that I love these days called AJR. Uh, that's uh, that's called uh, I think it's a little less sad. <laughs> Uh, essentially sort of describing the vibe that we're in, you know, we're not quite fully recovered, but we're definitely a, a little less sad uh, than, than we were before. But yeah, otherwise I've gone, I've gone to vinyl and gone to some rock and roll hits uh, for inspiration this quarter. Yeah. That uh, AJR sounds like a good one for the, uh, the post pandemic or late pandemic uh, times, but uh, yeah, let's go into the way back machine. So we've got uh, you have for the, your characterization of the U.S. economy, uh, canned heats going up the country. That's right. That song is a classic road trip kind of song. And I think it perfectly relates to the fact that travel is back big time. Actually, I'm I'm going on my first family trip uh, this weekend uh, to Chicago Um uh, and, and Americans are traveling. We see spending up big time, you know, good luck finding a rental car wherever you're going. Um, and this really means that all sectors of the U.S. economy are improving, uh, including the hardest hit ones uh, previously. And so we're entering a very virtuous cycle um, that basically means that job growth, income growth, business revenue growth, all sorts produces more growth. Um, and that's, a you know, it's something that I want people to keep in mind when we think about the future, uh, not just the next six months, but the next couple of years in the vehicle market. We're at the beginning of an economic expansion, not the end. Um, so it's one that we need to be planning on more growth ahead, not less. So uh, then we 
talked about uh, vehicle vehicle inventory. I think this was when you already referenced the uh, you, the Economist's favorite song is uh, a, an ode to scarcity, right? Uh, the Rolling <laughs> Stones. <laughs> you can't always get what you want. That's right. You can't always get you want. So that's a clear message that consumers have been clearly understanding because of all of the stories that are, are being written about um, high prices and, and very uh, low inventory. Um, but what we found is this, is that uh, through this environment where consumers can't always get what they want, and even dealers who say that inventory is their biggest challenge, uh, they will find that they are getting what they need, or at least in the fact of uh, dealers, because they're getting stronger margins. It is. That's what scarcity up and down the line, new and used, retail, wholesale, uh, but the prices go up and that's good for whoever has them to sell, which is our dealers and uh, largely is the dealers. And uh, you, as you as you do regularly uh, in conjunction with automotive news, uh, you look at uh, you study dealer sentiment. And that's been uh, very good. It's been, as uh, Sticks wrote, uh, the best of times. <laughs> That's right. You know, another inspiration for this was two weeks ago, I went to my first uh, concert, live concert, and it was Sticks. And boy, can they still rock it. Um, uh, it was an incredible, entertaining uh, event. Uh, but this is truly the best of times uh, for dealers. Uh, record low inventory combined with record traffic and record profits uh, means record dealer sentiment and actually record optimism still by uh, franchises. Uh, it's 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 hard to envision a better time for the industry. Uh, I've said to a lot of people that if you were to uh, take us away in a time machine pre-pandemic and ask people to dream up the best possible scenario to unfold for dealers, they never in a million years would have come up with quite how good this has been. Yeah, uh, certainly, especially having come out of such uh, scary times uh, they you know were very worried how they would how they would manage how they would cope uh spring of 2020 and, yes uh, but very quickly uh, got back on their feet and have been killing it ever since yes but i i can also say hat tip um to dealers because they remained optimistic last year even in the toughest of times they did what they needed to do to stay alive and try find ways to kind of deal with the situation. And as I've shared with the automotive news team, every quarter that we review the dealer sentiment survey, and we've been doing it for a little more than four years now, um, they always nail exactly what we see going on in the market. Um, so, you know, kudos to to dealers to see a way to navigate this and they deserve uh, what what they've been enjoying this quarter. We'll be back for more with Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke after this. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online. 
eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Well, one of the things that was really interesting is, you know, you think record profits, following record profits, it just can't uh, keep getting better. Usually what goes up must come down sort of thing. But uh, they're very optimistic about the coming months. That, that's right. And I really don't think that that's out of place. Um, and I've been asked a lot of questions to that end. Are dealers being overly optimistic? Um, but I think they have the future outlook right. Um, but I also believe it will be impossible to replicate the exact conditions that we have come through meaning we probably are never going to see quite this stimulated demand uh, like we had this spring. And I'm fairly confident we're never going to see this perfect storm of events that also made inventory so low and supply so tight. Um, but taking, taking a step back from those conditions aren't going to be quite as favorable. They're not going to be dramatically changes, changing. Uh, and in fact, demand because of the strong economy, I would, I would, I would never, I would never root against uh, demand for vehicles when you've got two years this year and next year of GDP growth that are uh, unrivaled, really, with the exception of 1984 and 1985. And other than that, you have to go back to the 1950s. And then, as you are covering, you know, daily in automotive news, these supply challenges are not going away qu quickly. They're just going to be marginally less worse <laughs> over the next, um, you know, coming weeks, months, and even potentially, you know, another year or so. Um, so that that basically means that this tight supply environment, which has been very favorable to margins, is going to be continuing to be so, just just not quite as extreme as we've had it this spring. Yeah, not not as extreme, maybe not as uh, fearful of literally running out of inventory. Uh, but certainly a lot of pricing power still on the on the retailer side. So for the consumers, uh, you have the for to look at vehicle demand, uh, electric light orchestra, ELOs, don't bring me down. That's right. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm starting. You always get this. There are always people that like to sell their uh, brand or what, whatever else they're trying to sell on the news networks by uh, claiming that the apocalypse is about to happen. Um, and so there, there are a lot of sort of false narratives right now about 
demand collapsing and vehicle values uh, exploding and, and turning into a financial catastrophe. And again, my view is extremely positive. We, yes, we've got a transition from the frenzy to uh, more normalized uh, demand. But once we navigate the summer, um, and th that will continue to have, especially in the new vehicle market, um, inventory issues, the industry basically should be on track for seeing several years of predictable growth uh, because we're at the beginning of an economic expansion at the end. And all of the things that favor continued strong demand um, are <laughs> very positive. Uh, and, you know, as we've been discussing, the supply situation is not going to dramatically change and lead to an oversupply situation. Um, I'm, in fact, you know, holistically, when we look across both new and used, we really don't anticipate that the supply situation has any shot at, quote unquote, getting back to normal until maybe 2024. Um, so that means we could be on the precipice of, of dealers adjusting to I hate to use this phrase, but a new normal um, uh, that could be less inventory at a given time, faster moving inventory, greater efficiency, and some of the positives uh, that have definitely come out of the spring. Okay, so I'll throw another uh, classic uh, from the 80s at you, Alan Parsons Project. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Now you know, it seems like you said there are so many reasons to be optimistic, uh, but I'm the journalist. I have to ask the, uh, the the uncomfortable question or the awkward question. Where are the things that could go wrong? Um, is that, you know, some of the consumers maybe are a little squirrely or there's some questions around the job market. You know, how much do people want to work? How comfortable they are working? Is there anything on anything else on the Tax front, yeah, the credit availability that uh, should be a, a warning sign to anyone? Well, clearly labor is going through a transition period and the whole economy and every sector of the economy and definitely auto is, is right in there is dealing with the issue of needing more workers than are apparently willing to come back to work. Um, so we probably are not going to see a smooth uh, descent in the unemployment rate uh, all the way to uh full employment levels, basically where we were uh, pre-pandemic. But, you know, as long as you have a view, like what is it going to look like at the end of this year? What is it going to look like at the end of next year? We're, we're heading back to where we were uh, prior to the pandemic. And consumer households' uh, financial situation is in much better shape. Debts have been paid down. We have uh, at current uh, count $3.6 trillion sitting in bank accounts that did not exist prior to the pandemic um, because of the um, uh, massive amount of savings uh, that uh, consumers have accrued. Um, so we, we've got more risk to the upside, frankly, than I think we have to the downside. Um, so yes, you've got, you've got labor essentially forcing us to have to sort of thread the needle, meaning pull back on benefits, but keep consumer spending uh, strong as we refill those jobs and tradition, uh, transition people away from receiving government transfer payments to receiving wages. But I'm confident as long as you're not setting an arbitrary goal that's specific to a week or a month this summer, uh, I think I think we're going to thread that needle. Uh, credit, you mentioned, I think that's probably the other variable to pay close attention to. 
um, because right now we're in the midst of a lot of interest and concern about inflation, some of which has been directly caused by the uh, vehicle market. Um, but I, I too as well believe that a lot of what we're going through is transitory and it's related to supply chain bottlenecks and um, you know labor bottlenecks. And I think that we'll get through this period and we likely are not going to see interest rates dramatically change, uh, certainly not dramatically changing for the worse this year uh, or even next year. And actually, we've seen credit trends being uh, favorable um, year to date. So unlike the hype that you might um, you know, gain from uh, just looking at what uh, the broader media is covering, we've actually seen auto credit be more favorable uh, to consumers this spring. And that's actually helped them overcome some of the price inflation on the sticker or what they're paying relative to sticker or what they're paying in the used vehicle market. Uh, and we really don't expect that to be changing dramatically. So yes, is, is there risk that those things could turn out worse? Always. There's always a possibility. And, and might I also add, we've just lived through the mother of black swan events. Um, so we can't, you know, ignore some crazy black swan event, uh, changing things overnight, but outside of those things, I actually think there's more upside, um, and one of those upside potential is, do we see um, the new vehicle production improving faster than a lot of the experts are saying? And, you know, frankly, I turn to you guys to see what the latest on that is, both in terms of what the manufacturers are saying and the production forecasters. And, and, and it all seems, um, you know, we're almost at the end of the dark tunnel, but it's not going to dramatically change overnight. So we are not going to be in a situation as you take a step back what would cause a big problem in the vehicle market would be one uh, or two things, mm -hmm. a collapse in demand. And boy, if you're making that bet uh, based on what we see with GDP forecasts, direction of unemployment, consumer sentiment, then you're, you're really wanting to join the uh, apocalypse crew. And then the uh, second side of that was, are we about to see an enormous mm -hmm. overwhelming amount of supply? And that's just not in the cards. Um, it's very atypical for what this industry has gone through uh, coming out of, of prior recessions. Um, but it's it's one that keeps the uh, the margins favorable and uh, it's good for just about every stakeholder in the business. Okay, well, I'm glad you acknowledged at least some of the ri some risk. I mean, you can't have an economist just telling the good news. Oh, well, yes. And, and I have a track record of living through the worst of times you can possibly imagine in the uh, in the housing market. And then in the vehicle market, this, you know, this time last year, I was being, you know, frank and optimistic that we would get through it, but clear that we were going through some, you know, tough times. So it's, it's exciting when I can double down and defend uh, a more optimistic outlook. Yeah. And uh, pretty soon we'll be singing uh, Carly Simon's These Are the Good Old Days. These are the good old days. These are the good old Yes, that's a good one. I, maybe I need to add that to, to my uh, uh, playlist on Spotify for the summer. There you go. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much. What a great conversation. Well, it's good to be with you, Jamie. That's Daily Drive for Thursday, July 1st. For the latest breaking news, type in autonews.com. And for a complete library of more than 300 Daily Drive interviews, check out autonews.com slash daily drive.